0: Okay, did you know that North Korea is the size of the state of Pennsylvania? Did you also know that North Korea has a 100% literacy rate from its people? And did you also know that in 2015 North Korea created its own time zone called Pyongyang time. The country started using Pyongyang time on August 15, 2015 to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Korea's liberation from Japan. My name's Jeff Myers, and you're listening to Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel. Simon Cockerell is the general manager and tour leader for Koyo Tours. Simon's from the southwest part of England, and he moved to Beijing back in 2000. And since then, he has traveled to North Korea more than 175 times. He has probably been to the country more than any other Westerner in the world. Apart from leading tours to North Korea, Simon designs and leads tours to Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan and a tour to the Russian Far East. He's a fascinating guy, I happened to meet him very briefly the day before his partner Nick brought me into North Korea. So. Let's get Simon on the podcast here. Let's talk to him a little bit about Koyo Tours and and find out a little bit more about him. And hold on, and I'll get him right on. Joining my podcast, and um, I know it's pretty early over there. How's the weather in Beijing?
1: It's lovely, actually. It's 10 a.m. It's a bright, sunny day. It is the last day of the... um, government congress so good weather is to be predicted anyway
0: yeah yeah well i met you back in 2007 briefly before uh nick took us into north korea so i have met you i know you probably don't remember me but um i'm definitely looking forward to coming back on another one of your trips once we're able to come back into north korea i don't know when that's going to be <laughs> um, one day <laughs> One one day, fingers crossed um, First got to get over the pandemic And then we got to get over uh, You know, them barring Americans From coming into the country again So I'm yes. hopeful that'll I'm hopeful that'll happen
1: Also, just to be clear The ban on Americans going into the country Is not them It is yes. you You vote for the people or, yes. or you may vote for the people Who banned you from going
0: Yes, yes, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. But I do have some questions for you, if you don't mind. Oh, if, the first one is, how many times have you been in the North Korea?
1: I've been 182 times in total.
0: I mean, that's you have to be the person with the most visits. You know, the there, are, um,
1: there are Chinese tour groups that go across the border from China for just short day trips. And so a load of their bus drivers and tour guides will have been there just hundreds of times, but literally never stayed the night. So there's more than one way of looking at it, I guess.
0: So you've probably seen pretty much everything there is to see in North Korea.
1: Everything you're allowed to see and then a little bit more, basically. But there is certainly the case that large parts of the country are still off limits entirely to foreigners. But everything that you can visit, which is more than people expect. Uh, I have been to
0: so you know what was what what group other than Chinese tourists is your, is the biggest group for you that comes through koyo into North Korea other than china
1: so our company we don't work in the Chinese market there are two markets that are distinct: what the North Koreans call Chinese and what the North Koreans call European, so oh, European okay. is basically everyone who's not Chinese, so you oh. me. Actual Europeans, Brazilians, uh, Indians, Africans, all everybody is, uh, is European to them. So we work in that European market. And until a couple okay. of years ago, the number one nationality in that field was Americans. About 25% of the market were Americans. And then that disappeared overnight. Now, right. I think our biggest, uh, most well-represented nationality is probably British, German, Australian, Canadian, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, okay. And how many total tours do you guys do a year to North Korea?
1: Group tours, we offer something in the region of 50 to 60, I would say. And the majority of people who go there, they do join a group tour. But most tours we operate are private tours. And we probably do, it depends, up to 100 of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be one person, that could be a group of people, a school trip, a sports team. Uh, okay. Anything really bespoke tours how
0: did you get how did you get the interest uh, early on? I think your first trip was in two thousand and two i read
1: yeah that 's um, right how- so yeah uh, I had an interest because it 's an interesting place, and I was living in China and it is the nearest country to where I am and still am in Beijing, and I met Nick who had started the company nine years earlier, I met Nick at a screening of his film, The Game of Their Lives. Actually, I'd met him previously because we both used to play in this amateur football league here on different teams. And yeah, he was arranging a trip in April of 2002 for some friends of his, and he invited me to go along. And while we were on the way there, he offered me the job. So I hadn't actually been there at the time, although... My only sort of North Korea connection up till that point was that I had seen Kim Jong il while I was on holiday in Russia the summer previously. So,
0: must other, been, that was, must
1: have been that, destiny.
0: That was one of my questions. Have you seen any members of the Kim family?
1: Yeah. Uh, I saw Kim Jong il by chance uh, at the Fortress of Peter and Paul in St. Petersburg in 2001. Then, at wow. the opening night of the mass games in 2005, uh, Kim Jong il appeared there. Now, that was the I think the first time that any tourist ever saw him, and possibly mm-hmm. the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kim Jong Un, I have seen at the Dennis Rodman basketball match in 2014, and
0: then. Oh, you, so you were there with the Vice crew?
1: No, the Vice that was not a Vice event. Vice did the first Rodman trip, this okay Globe thing, but then the following Rodman trips, including the big basketball match, the actual match between the uh, you know NBA. Retirees and oh. the Korean team. That was not Vice, uh, but I was okay. there, and wow. um, and I also saw Kim Jong Un at the opening of the Mass Games a couple of years ago as well, when uh, lots of tourists, uh, literally hundreds of tourists, were present for that, and he made an appearance.
0: Right. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I only saw the uh, the Vice uh, episode where Dennis first came in, and then I didn't know that there was another one that you were involved with. There was a rumor that he lost his luggage. Uh, that's true, and
1: I, I replaced that lost luggage.
0: You replaced it.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a film, actually, a documentary film called Dennis Rodman's Big Bang in Pyongyang, which I strongly recommend. That tells the whole story, apart from the lost luggage part, but that uh, that goes into quite a lot of detail. I strongly recommend that
0: and where would someone find that on youtube or where on would you find the that
1: the internet i guess okay. I, i'm not okay. sure entirely but have a look around okay.
0: yeah okay how did you get into uh you did a blog on north korean license plates <laughs> how did you get how did you get interested in that uh
1: just i'm, I'm always quite interested in the kind of uh little things really and over time you you start to wonder, hey, why do some cars have different colored license plates? And then you realize that there's a, a story to it. There's a code in the yeah. numbers and yeah. you can start to work things out. So it's, it's really just to have a little bit of bonus information to give people on the spot, give them something to do when they're looking out the window. Um, yeah. I, I, I found it fascinating. I thought other people might find it fascinating, too.
0: Because when the average uh, person or American especially thinks of North Korea, they don't think that there's cars in North Korea. Yeah.
1: Well, and, there are, there are there are more. It, North Korea is one of those places where it's always more than you think, mm-hmm. but less than there should be. So there are loads of cars, except there should be way more than loads of cars. There are many thousands of cars driving around, but okay. you know, it's not unusual to be stuck in the occasional traffic jam these days. Just
0: now, now not. back in two thousand seven. Um, yeah. I did see cars, but there were a lot less that I'm sure are yeah. available now. So,
1: oh, yeah, there were half as many. So, imagine the very few cars times two is now a few cars.
0: Okay. Okay. Would you say um, that you're, and, and I, you know, I'm a witness to the tour that you guys did with me, and mm-hmm. I felt 100% safe. And the That's reason it. that I felt safe was because uh you guys did an orientation the the night before and mm-hmm. talked about obeying rules and not leaving the hotel and so i and nick made it extremely comfortable going in for mm-hmm.
1: somebody
0: for somebody that has heard that you offer tours to north korea why what would you say uh, that would make them comfortable on seeing a fascinating country like North Korea coming from America
1: well, I would say that the the first thing is it 's important to be safe and to feel safe because even if something is safe but you feel nervous you 're going to lose a lot of opportunity to enjoy yourself if you 're wandering around feeling nervous all the time, so you should be reassured that if you travel with us you 're in the hands of professionals, we have done it a lot, and we do know what we 're doing and you know For everyday stuff, North Korea is perfectly safe. I mean, you have to travel with guides. Uh, Even if you're alone, you're still in your group of one with your two guides and driver and so on. So it's like a school trip. You can't go anywhere by yourself. So your opportunity for getting in trouble is very limited. But I'm glad you mentioned the orientation. That's the most important part of the tour in many ways. Before you even go there, all the do's and don'ts. And we send it out in advance but there's no substitute for looking people in the eye and telling them, you know, do not do this, do not do that. And there's the occasional do as well, but mostly don'ts. Um, there's no reason to get in trouble there unless you make an effort to get in trouble. So there have been some high profile cases of people getting in trouble there. But these were not random. These were not arbitrary. They were in response to something. So right or wrong and, you know, mostly wrong by any reasonable standards. Um, the case is that the punishment is not proportionate to the perceived crime. So don't get in trouble. Don't take any religious material. Don't hand out any religious material. Don't go anywhere you're not supposed to go. These things cannot be done accidentally. So if you are not going with the intention to, you know, push the boundaries beyond the boundary, then, then you will be fine. We've taken tens of thousands of people. It's not the case that you'll get in trouble because you think the wrong thing or because you accidentally, you know, take a picture where you're not supposed to take a picture, that kind of thing. We get a lot of people saying, oh, I'm a, I'm a free thinker. I mean, it, right. honestly, if you have to say you're a free thinker, you're probably not. But a lot of people saying, oh, I, I'd get in trouble there because I'm just too much of a renegade. And, you know, that's never true, basically. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, So you are safe. But if you really think that you won't be able to resist you know, running off, distributing religious material, then you really shouldn't be going anywhere near North Korea, quite frankly. The world is big, and there are many countries to visit.
0: Exactly. Why? The one question I had been asked uh, is, why can't a tourist uh, walk out of the hotel, you know, not far, not go down into the city, but just go for a little walk, let's say, uh, a 1,000 feet from the hotel. Why couldn't a a tourist leave the hotel alone? What trouble would they get into?
1: So there are lots of hotels, right? Nationwide, there are, I'm not sure, 50, 60 hotels that foreigners can stay in. In Pyongyang, there's about 12 or 13 that you can stay in. Now, the rules are not uh, instituted by the hotels themselves. This is a nationwide rule. And you're right, the tourists uh, and visitors in general cannot leave the hotel you can go in the hotel grounds car park garden that kind of thing but the tourism laws there say that you can't go out anywhere without your guides the reason given if you ask the tour guides there they will tell you that it's for your safety and for your convenience right because they'll say you probably don't speak korean you might get lost but you know what i'm here in beijing most visitors who come here don't speak chinese and they might get lost but yet You can go out and, you know, speaking the language of a country is not really a requirement for going there on holiday. So obviously that's a ridiculous thing to say. You know, we get plenty of tourists who can speak Korean and plenty of people who are capable of not getting lost um, in a relatively small city. Um, The reason, the true reason is because you're not allowed. Simple as that. The government there, they bring in laws and they're not accountable. They don't have to say why they're bringing in laws, but it's clearly to limit the... um, Unobserved, not so much uncontrolled, but unobserved interaction between foreign visitors and local people.
0: Okay. Well that makes sense. I mean yeah. the rules are the it's
1: rules. It's a pity. The rules are the rules, but it doesn't doesn't just because you have to obey them doesn't make them right.
0: <laughs> did you uh did you get to go with Michael Palin and Nick on the uh when Michael Palin was doing his documentary recently?
1: I sent them in. And then I went to Kazakhstan. So I was with Palin uh, in Beijing for a couple of days. and uh, But, yeah, Nick actually accompanied them on the tour.
0: Yeah, he's a fascinating guy. It was such a great documentary of North
1: Korea. We we had been waiting to work with Palin for so many years, and it, it was just better than I had
0: hoped. I uh, I teach and when I teach business and uh, and when we get to the economics chapter, uh, it's on socialism, communism, and capitalism. And mm-hmm. I do show North Korean videos, and I my class just absolutely love the Michael Palin documentary. Uh-huh,
1: that's great. Very pleased to hear that.
0: Um, so moving just off of North Korea a little bit to your three destinations, maybe there's more, but Kazakhstan mm. and Turk. Turkmenistan and the Far East Russia trip. How long have you been doing those?
1: So we do a few others, actually. So Turkmenistan was our first non-North Korea destination. We've been doing that since 2005. Uh, then we started going to Tajikistan uh, five, six years ago. Mongolia around the same time. Kazakhstan about three years ago. And then A couple of trips in remote parts of Russia, we started going there, I believe it was 2010. So a few few years now, but we only do them once or twice a year, mostly.
0: And those trips are certainly open to Americans?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Those trips, I don't believe there are any uh, passport limitations, actually. I think all of those places are open to everyone, more or less
0: so uh, with the far east russia what what is kind of the highlight of that tour what would someone see on that trip
1: that one the one in magadan in the far northeast yeah. of russia that is that focuses on it's a very dark uh place it's very beautiful kind of alaskary let's say and um but its history is very dark basically it was used as a uh, Huge gulag settlement during the Stalin period. So, all of the roads, all of the infrastructure there was built by prisoners. It's very naturally rich. So, uh, uranium, gold, tin, all kinds of stuff. And of course, it's easier to extract these if you don't have to pay your labor force and you can force them to work a lot harder than they would normally. So, that is the approach they took. But still, of course, that system was abolished decades ago. But people live there and a lot of people really love living there. So, it's a combination of it's It's strange to think that you're in Russia because it's really nothing like Western Russia, Moscow and that area. Uh, You're in a place with a dark history and also a place where there's been a huge population collapse. So there's a lot of small and large abandoned towns and cities dotted across the area. So it's kind of a bit dark tourism in that respect that we visit gulag camps, which they're not museums. You know, they were just abandoned. They walked away in the 50s and left them there and so they still stand so we visit those areas with specialists of course and abandoned cities staying in such places mining settlements uh it's just i mean it's honestly it's one of my very favorite places and i i can't wait to get back there but it's it's hard going you know the roads are long and bumpy it's a it's a rugged rugged place it's the wild east what's
0: What's the length length of that that tour? tour
1: that tour around eight days but then that's just in that area what we would recommend is that anyone coming along connect it to something else spend some time in other parts of russia in vladivostok for instance a fascinating place or in the west in european russia moscow st petersburg we also have a tour in the far north in the arctic circle a place called norilsk which is a closed city so foreigners are not actually allowed to go there um but we have a way of getting permission so it's legal that is famous for being the world's most polluted city, but there's more to it than that. That's an absolutely fascinating, remote, cut off from the rest of the country because there's no roads, there's no railways or anything. That also was set up as a as a gulag settlement, but now it's a place where people from all over the country and uh, affiliated countries, let's say, travel up there for high paying jobs in the nickel extraction industry and yeah that's just a fascinating area too so those can be connected back to back i mean russia is huge and yeah. it's a pity if you make the effort to go there to not see as much as possible basically
0: so, so is is like the same setup as going into north korea where the group you would first meet in beijing at your office they have an orientation meeting and no then we
1: no we meet in we meet in russia okay because people are coming from all kinds of different angles, right? Mostly they'd be coming from Western Europe, from North America. So most people would be yeah. coming in from the West, let's say, or coming through Moscow. Uh, and then we meet there. So we arrange all this. We have local partners, translators, specialists, mm-hmm. transportation people, and so on. So it's not uh, a huge issue. And then, you know, we travel around as a group, but it's not North Korea's you say. You can go out, you can... Go off, have a night out. if you've made friends with someone online, you can go and meet them. It's you know russia I'm not going to say it's the freest of countries, but you know right. they have social media, they have tinder, they have all sorts, so it's perfectly possible to just go off and do your own thing for a bit there It's no issue at all
0: and all these uh, places it's, you can just access it from your your website and send in an application if anybody's interested.
1: As simple as that. Yep. Have a look on the website. There's a wealth of okay. information there, but also we solicit questions at any time because I'm aware that these are not the most normal places. So, you know, ask me anything.
0: And you do a lot of Facebook live sessions for people that know about you and that have questions. And those That's... are pretty often, aren't they?
1: Uh We're trying to do them uh, every week or two at the moment. So, um, some that are just general Q and A, some that will be a bit more specialist about areas that some of my colleagues have unique knowledge of. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Nick will we'll do one soon on um, art in North Korea, which you know is a particular passion of his. So yeah, we're going to try and keep those keep those going. So people are welcome to tune in and ask ask any question. No such thing as a stupid question, after all. So
0: ask yeah, any right. Or they, or Simon, they could just see again, like I've seen you on the BBC or (laughs) Al Jazeera. Uh, You know, that, that was, that was very interesting to turn on the TV and there you were being interviewed. (laughs) So uh, that's the big time. So I, I, I I don't think so. Um, I really, (laughs) really had, you know, I've done extensive travel. Uh, You know, I've been to 50 countries myself and by far. Uh, the North Korea trip in 2007 for me was the most interesting and exciting adventure I've ever done. And I want to hit all these other destinations and we'll definitely be looking in myself. Uh, you know, as soon as the pandemic's over, yes, I don't know. Indeed. Can you, can you do any of them? Is everything stopped for Koyo right now?
1: Everything is stopped. So yeah. we, Basically, we had some tourists who were in North Korea in early January, people who went there for New Year. And that's it. That's that's our last business. So since then, we've tightened our belts. You know, we mm-hmm. carry a light bulb from room to room, that that sort of thing. We're just trying to stay in business, basically, because obviously having no revenue is is quite painful. So... Uh, we're just doing the best we can. We've been beefing up our website with an enormous amount of content, uh, writing travel mm-hmm. guides for everywhere we go, that kind of thing. But, yeah, all, all the countries we operate tours to, all of their borders are closed. So right. uh, people can sign up, We've especially for tours next year and for the Pyongyang Marathon, for instance. That's quite a, quite a big event now, relatively speaking. Yeah. People are welcome yeah. to sign up, but we don't want any deposits. We don't want anyone's money until uh we know that it can actually go ahead so we're still in business and we will be in business but uh, if you want to go on holiday next week i suggest you go for a walk instead
0: yeah exactly well simon um i certainly appreciate you uh joining this podcast and uh I, again can't tell you how great your company operates and and really really was a pleasure not only using you guys for my adventure in north korea but talking to you and nick as well so thank you again and uh you know you'll see me on one of your tours i can guarantee that
1: oh that's fantastic honestly it's been a sincere pleasure jeff thanks for having me on and um yeah and i I hope the information and the views were helpful
0: they were all right thank you simon
1: take care cheerio
0: Okay, that was Simon Cockerell, who is the General Manager of Koyo Tours. He works with Nick Bonner, who brought me in back in 2007. It was interesting on a follow-up conversation with uh, Simon about when Dennis Rodman lost his luggage, he requested to go out and buy ladies' shirts to wear around China and in North Korea. So, uh, Simon had to go out and replace his lost luggage with a bunch of lady shirts so you never know what you're going to get with Dennis and it is possible that I may have some sort of podcast interview with him at some point, you never know. Um, my next series or podcast on North Korea is going to be my day to day reflection of that trip back in 2007. What I got to see, what I got to experience, my perceptions of North Korea, the people, And that will be coming out probably in a couple weeks or so. So look forward to that one. Uh, You have been listening to Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel. My name is Jeff Myers, and we'll talk soon.